From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. If you or a loved one is newly diagnosed with epilepsy, you probably have a lot of questions. I'm speaking today with someone who has a lot of answers. Dr. Shalram Izadyar is an associate professor of neurology at Upstate who specializes in epilepsy. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Izadyar. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've heard epilepsy described as a seizure disorder, but what is a seizure? Um, in order to describe a seizure, um, let me first give a quick background about how the brain cells uh, work and communicate with each other. Um, brain cells, that sometimes they're called neurons, they communicate with each other and talk to each other with chemicals and um, a small amount of uh, electricity or an electrical current. So during a seizure, what happens is that this electrical current, instead of going through their normal regular pathways in order to communicate with each other, they go out of control. Um, in other words, they go, um, they, they find a short circuit um, and they can create that something similar to, let's say, an electrical storm in part of the brain or sometimes even the entire brain. And they, this, um, they, they go sometimes in loops of electrical activity in the brain. And that's what happens when a seizure from atomical um, standpoint and physiological standpoint, when that's what happens during a seizure in our brains. So it's an electrical storm taking place in the brain. Is it affecting other parts of the body at the same time? Um, so depending on where the location of this electrical storm is in the brain and depending on what part of the body is controlled by that part of brain, then you will see manifestations or clinical manifestations of that electrical storm in that part of the body. The most common form of seizure that um, lots of times when somebody says seizure that comes to our minds is a, uh, every repeated movement of a muscle or, or part of the body that sometimes we call that a convulsion for example, shaking or convulsion of the arms or legs and so on. This is the most common known manifestation of seizure to general public basically that comes to your mind. So that's an example that means that part of the body that is controlling those muscles or those uh, limbs, whether it's arm or leg or both, are affected by that brain electrical storm and manifests clini clinically as repeated contracture of the muscles of that part of the body that uh, manifests a convulsion or shaking. Do seizures cause damage? Seizures, um, in the, the consensus among uh, the researchers and medical community is that Short seizures are usually a transient uh, phenomenon that happen in the brain and they do not have a long-term consequence um, or damage. Uh, whereas there is a limit to the duration of this electrical storm. 
So there is a certain amount of time um, that if the seizure goes beyond that amount of time or limit, there is a risk of long-term consequence or, or let's say some damage to some of the neurons in the brain. And there is a bit of kind of controversy and, and uh, debate about what is that time frame. But again, in general consensus, and it depends on the type of the seizure, but for the most part, we consider that time limit as 30 minutes. So seizures typically that are less than 30 minutes are usually does not, do not cause long-term um, consequences or, or damage. Now, what's the difference between seizures and epilepsy? So epilepsy in um, considered um, in someone who had more than one seizure. In other words, if someone gets to a second time seizure, then that's considered uh, an epilepsy. Uh, in, in general, epilepsy is a, a disorder of the brain that has a propensity to generate seizures. So that's another way to look at epilepsy. Um, so some some uh, some people may have uh, parts of their brain to have this propensity or being ready to generate seizures, and then usually they have more than one seizure in their lifetime, and then that's considered epilepsy. Once you are told that you have epilepsy, is this a chronic condition, or will it go away with treatment? Um, one thing also before answering that question specifically is I have to mention that seizures um, in those who have epilepsy uh, has to be uh, something that we call unprovoked seizure, meaning that there is no immediate cause that that generated that, that seizure. A common example of that is, let's say, uh, alcohol intoxication, for example, sometimes a large amount of alcohol can cause a seizure, but that's considered a triggered seizure. It doesn't mean that the brain necessarily has the propensity to generate seizures. So when we talk about chronic epilepsy, we're talking about a brain that has the propensity to generate seizures that are unprovoked. Um, I see. So, but, but, but those, um, those who have chronic epilepsy or have this propensity of generating seizures in the brain is usually typically a chronic condition um, and stays uh, for, for years or even the entire life. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with neurologist Dr. Sharam Izadyar, who has a special interest in caring for people with epilepsy. So I'd like to ask you about diagnosing epilepsy. I imagine it's frightening for someone to have a seizure for the first time or, or second time, um, especially. What happens afterward and how do you go about determining, you know, why the seizure happened and whether the person gets the diagnosis of epilepsy? Everyone with an unprovoked seizure uh, needs to go under a series of tests that include the most important parts of that other than um, basic obtaining history from the medical professionals and, and physical exam and neurological exam. Then when it comes to tests, the most important tests are 
and EEG, basically, which is an electroencephalogram, which records the brain activity or the electrical activity of the brain and um, and imaging of the brain. So these are the two most important tests that is required for seizure. And with that information, can it help you determine if there's triggers for a particular seizure? Um, so uh, those who had an unprovoked seizure, um, or in other words, who had also uh, a second time seizure uh, and are considered to have epilepsy, in um, actually a, a large percentage of them, we don't find the exact cause of their uh, epilepsy or seizure. And that number ranges something around 30, 40% of patients with epilepsy. Um, so their imaging of the brain, uh, which typically is uh, an MRI of the brain or CT scan of the brain and their uh, EEG recording um, is normal. So it's not uncommon to not find the exact cause of the epilepsy. This is one of the most common questions that we usually the patients with epilepsy have. Um, and with this uh, time uh, medicine, we have uh, capability of finding some answers in the percentage, but it's still about 30, 40% of patients. We don't we never find the exact cause of the seizures. Well, what do you say to a patient and their family about what it means to have epilepsy today? Epilepsy is a chronic condition, as you mentioned and talked about, and um, it's a condition that patients who have epilepsy, uh, it affects every aspects of their lives. Um, from day-to-day -day, um, activities and errands and, and activities, um, it is potentially uh, affected by, by this condition. Um, and, and the most important part of that, for example, in the social structures that we live these days and in the complicated and um, structures, um, for example, uh, driving is, is one of the important parts, uh, part of our lives. And that's uh, certain restrictions um, or activities that can put someone at risk, including drive limitations uh, in those who have uncontrolled epilepsy. But fortunately, I mean, at some points, lots of patients get to a good control of their seizures and would be able to pursue all of these activities like everybody else without seizures. So I wanna talk about treatment and I understand there's not a cure per se for epilepsy. Do most people with epilepsy take medication that will control the the seizures? A vast majority of patients with epilepsy eventually their seizures become under good control with medications. Um, and uh, however, there is still like a percentage of patients uh, that ranges something around thirty percent in in general. Uh, eventually, the seizures do not respond well to medications. So aside from medications, are there other options? There are other options available, especially for those who have um, not responded to, to medications. So the first line is always medications, but eventually if someone falls into that category that medications do not uh, control the seizures, uh, other options include considering on the, um, the type of the epilepsy and the cause of that, 
epilepsy surgery can be an option, basically. Um, or there are some devices that collectively they are referred to as neurostimulator devices or neurostimulation uh, that can have some effect in control seizures. And but but it's very dependent on the type of the seizure. You mentioned surgery. What is done in the surgical procedure? When we are talking about the surgical procedure, we're talking about potentially if you are able to find the location of the brain that is generating the seizures, because lots of times it's a small part of the brain that is causing that. If you are able to locate that um, with several tests and special tests that we have to do, and then we can uh, we can confirm that area of the brain is safe to remove. So if that part of the brain can be resected um, it, with, with minimal uh, deficits, um, and uh, that uh, lots of times leads to a good control of seizures or even seizure freedom. So do you have patients with epilepsy who have their seizures under control and, and don't have side effects? Is that kind of a realistic goal for someone? Absolutely. This is a very realistic uh, goal for lots of patients who have epilepsy. Their seizures become under good control with medications with no or minimal um, side effects in front from the medication. So that's that's uh, certainly um, reachable, and and uh, lots of patients um, are in that situation. But as I mentioned, unfortunately, not all the patients are in that category. There is uh, a percentage that eventually either develop side effects with medications or the seizures do not become under good control of medications. And those are the ones that we approach with other options that we talked about and neurostimulation or surgery. It's good to know there are options. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sharam Izadyar. He's an associate professor of neurology with expertise in epilepsy. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.